guys, I hope everyone's having a wonderful summer so far. Now, even though we'll be back later this year with more episodes talking to your favorite theater makers, I really wanted to share this bonus episode with you guys because it features someone who's not only hugely successful, but she's also a real gem of a human being. Jane Jordan is the founder of Fit for Broadway, which is a community-powered wellness philosophy that highlights the health and lifestyle practices of Broadway performers. I think you'll enjoy hearing what she has to say because Jane is someone who has been through high highs and low lows and so she has a very good perspective on the theater industry which doesn't just have to do with acting or performing but more so with building a life in the arts which I really really enjoyed hearing about. And she was also a very special guest for me because I actually wrote part of my bachelor's dissertation about her. So she has inspired me with her passion for the theater in all sorts of ways. We connected here in London about two months ago and I actually got to pick her brains about finding her niche and building her own brand and really defining her own career path in this industry in a way that's authentic and completely true to her. So I really hope you guys enjoy this one and we'll be back very soon with more episodes of this show. Be sure to check out Fit for Broadway on Instagram and follow at Goodversations to be the first one to know when season two is officially announced. Here's my conversation with the founder of Fit for Broadway, the wonderful Jane Jordan. so thrilled to have you on the podcast you know we were just talking about how much kind of your blog has meant to me over the years mm-hmm. and you know I, I did talk to you uh, talk about you in my dissertation so I am so 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 happy that you're here well I'm flattered by that so thank you uh, so before we dig in can you just kind of give us a top line of you know who you are what you do all that good stuff yeah absolutely so my name is Jane Um, I'm currently living in New York City. I founded a company called Fit for Broadway, which is a community-powered wellness philosophy. It was born out of a curiosity about the lifestyle and wellness side of the Broadway industry and learning more about uh, the people in the industry rather than just the shows. Um, And so I've been doing that now for about five years, five and a half. Definitely have just fallen in love with this work and um, it's been a windy road but really rewarding. Awesome. So can you perhaps pinpoint specific moments from your childhood that kind of pointed you in this direction? Yeah. um, One stands out in particular which was that my mom and dad took a trip to Toronto when I was, uh, I must have been nine or ten maybe, um, and they saw the touring show of Phantom of the Opera and my mom brought home the cast album and um, I remember she played it for me and we followed along, you know, in the in the CD cases they yeah. had the little booklet <laughs> and so we followed along with the lyrics and the story and she told me the entire story as we listened to the album start to finish and um, that was, I mean, I remember she did that and I just remember crying at the end and thinking, like, feeling a strong reaction to the message of love and um, the music was so beautiful and just uh, really really fell in love with that story and uh, that was my introduction to musical theater and then um, about two years later we went to San Francisco and um, I saw the touring cast of Phantom of the Opera there and that was my first time seeing a musical so Phantom was sort of my gateway into everything 
I always used to sing when I was little. Um, I remember my dad used to say, "Oh, we should get you sing- like we should put you in singing lessons because you you know you seem to be liking that." And and then I was always pretty active. I think I remember in high school getting more interested in uh, fitness specifically as a, a way to to just feel better. I was on um, the cross country team, and so I was always super active. And um, and then that those two passions just kind of intertwined and and snowballed from there. That's incredible. So let's talk about before Broadway then. So can you remember the day you sat down and said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to do it." Like, what was that feeling like? Yeah, definitely. So I'll rewind a little bit before that, um, which was I spent a year after. I went to Loyola Marymount for vocal performance, and um, the year after I graduated, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go to graduate school for voice or really what I wanted to do, and so I took a year, and I lived in New Orleans. My sister lived there at the time, um, and it was kind of like the safe next step that, you know, my parents were comfortable because I was in the same city as my sister, and I could sort of figure out what I wanted to do next. and I remember being there, and that was really when blogs were really, um, I mean, popping up in all industries. Um, I wanted to start a blog called A Singer's Guide to Wellness, um, and because at the time I was still singing, I was thinking that I was going to go to graduate school for opera, yeah. and um, yeah, so I that was sort of the seed that got planted. And then after a year, I ended up moving to New York, and I... Um, didn't go to graduate school for opera. I definitely remember like it was a day which I was I was on an airplane I believe from LA to New York. I I would kind of like in the back of my mind still have have this idea of a singer's guide to wellness and what it would be and it really was just about um the connection between performance and health and how uh, they influence each other so much. I was on the plane and I just started sketching out. I remember I thought of the name Fit for Broadway and like had it at the top. I still thought maybe I'll use the Singer's Guide to Wellness. Um, and I just started sketching out ideas of what it would be. At the time, I, I really did think I'd go more the, the blogging route of, of being kind of the face and narrator of a story um, and talking about these themes. And, and that's kind of how it started. And then it... Um, you know, quickly, I think I realized that just my perspective into the industry wasn't enough. And so I was doing a workshop with a woman named Christine Bendel. She's a vegan and she's a yogi and she meditates and she's just this very good, like magnetic energy. And um, I asked her one day, you know, can I interview you for this thing that I'm doing in this thing at the time was fitforbroadway.com and it was like three green juice recipes or something like that right and so I interviewed her and um it was just such a a beautiful moment of understanding that that was the information that I've been seeking all along which was just learning about a performer and how they build a lifestyle around this incredibly challenging and interesting job I mean and at the time I really still had a desire to, to pursue performance and so I was just thinking how many people can I interview so that I can really understand how to do this? And it wasn't just fitness based. It was, it, you know, took on these different colors and shapes depending on who was talking about it. Um, and that was really exciting because then it kind of breathed life into it beyond just my perspective or my lens into the industry. Did you then perceive it more as a hobby? Did you ever think that would turn into a business? 
Um, definitely at the time it was a hobby and it was something that was just helping me understand the work that I wanted to be doing, yeah. which is I wanted to be on Broadway. After about a year and a half, I had, I had slowly stopped auditioning and it was just becoming more clear that I enjoyed this work much more than I ever enjoyed performing. And I had found my voice in a totally new way. And I think for a while I thought, oh, I'm giving up singing. And like, what does that mean? That's what I've been working towards my whole life. But I think that my gift is my voice and it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to take the shape of, of being on a stage singing. Really in the last year, it's really, really settled into a place that has felt much more um, purpose-driven and uh, it feels like I have a North Star for what direction I want to be going with it. Um, whereas like the first four years, I was just you know throwing spaghetti at the wall and <laughs> just figuring out what worked. <laughs> but you have to do that, I feel like, especially now from my own journey. I feel like you definitely have to experiment with lots of things and, mm-hmm. and that's something that Matt Rodin actually said. Amazing. Um, Matt's a very dear friend. I love you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he's incredible. So that's something he said. You have to be open to being a bit bad at it and not knowing what's going to happen and mm-hmm. you have to kind of wholeheartedly dedicate yourself to finding that voice yeah so what did it take for you to find your voice have you feel like do you feel like you've found it yeah definitely um I had a mentor last year who really helped um really helped direct me in a way that um that I needed at the time which was Um, I needed to sort of ask myself the hard questions of what is at the very, very core mission of of this. And it's not just like having fun and and doing this thing and um, being inconsistent with it. It's really about having a clear set of goals and working towards that and understanding that I was building a career. I wasn't just, you know, creating one-off projects or, you know. I mean, I think for me it's been, um, I'm very grateful to everyone who has said yes to letting me interview them because, you know, as I was finding my voice, trying on different people's, you know, trying on their voices or, or just kind of sinking into their beliefs and into their perspective was really helpful to understand my unique voice. So who are some of your inspirations? There's a lot. I have to say Sierra Bagas because she has also been a North Star for me. Um, <laughs> so she was someone who I really looked up to before I moved to the city. And she was one of those people who I thought, oh, you know, at a year of having this thing fit for Broadway, um, I'll try and secure an interview with her. And I remember after a few months, a friend introduced me to her backstage. And she was so, so just willing and like open and uh, I mean she's just such an uh, open is really the best way I can describe her because you you think meeting someone at that status that they'd be very guarded and sort of like looking down on you and she's just so open and um really lovely and so we had an she let me interview her and we went and took pictures in Central Park she was doing all these yoga poses and um I think her um I mean a lot of people but you know people like her who I looked up to who then said yes to me and believed in what I was doing, um, really, really, uh, you know, move things along and help me believe that it was possible. Um, and then her and I, you know, have continued to work together and, um, did a really fun project last year together. I mean, now I think I gain a lot of inspiration from entrepreneurs. It's good that you mentioned entrepreneurship because that was one of my questions mm-hmm. as well. So, so 
how would you describe sort of the work that it takes to build your own brand? Like, did you ever feel any pressure to to know exactly what you're going to do or how you're going to do it or else you're going to fail? Yeah. Um, well, I think that I felt pressure last year um, because I got to a point where it was like, I need to either commit to this thing and really having a concrete place, uh, plan in place, and then you know breaking that bigger plan into smaller steps, and then understanding that what I was doing each day was really contributing to five years from now. And I hadn't really ever thought that way before. Definitely, you know. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean, and I feel like as well, like the one thing that I've realized from podcasting, it's mm-hmm. yes, you have to have a plan, but also ideas take time. And yeah. you're not going to have it right away. And that can right. be daunting and that can be isolating. So so have you ever had those moments like roadblocks where you've just felt like, totally. why am I here? Yeah, well, I think that I was really confronted last year during that entire time of like, maybe I don't want to be doing this. And, um, and I think I've had feelings of like, well, what if I want to branch out outside of the Broadway community? What does that look like? And it's like, I live in this, you know, I live in a supportive community that um, thankfully uh, helps lift up my work in a way that's really, really meaningful. Um, So I think that was kind of a roadblock. I mean, and then, you know, the plan that I set in place with this mentor, I mean, sort of what he encouraged me to do was create a five-year plan. And the five-year plan that I created with him this year has taken a totally different shift. I mean, I think that on, you know, last year I was really interested in what a space would look like. Like if, if Fit for Broadway is a physical space, what what would that be? Um, and I just don't have a desire to have a studio space or to have some sort of um, community uh, space, which was sort of, sort of what I was leaning more towards last year. Um, and now it's really shifted and, and been more towards the educational arm, educating the younger generations about this wellness philosophy and a, you know, quote unquote, performing lifestyle and what that is. Um, and so that's really been, um, I mean, that has roadblocks every day. <laughs> so, but it's, it's just, I think, again, knowing your mission and your purpose helps get past some of those smaller roadblocks but definitely i mean there have been 180 turns of of what i've thought you know i've been going one direction and then all of a sudden it's like absolutely not that is not the way so in your journey of doing this so far what are some of the moments that stick out to you Mm. my best friend justin and i went to the tonys two years ago and that was like definitely a highlight and and all it's cracked up to be <laughs> like it, it really was such a I mean we just our eyes were just like bugging out of our heads in the entire night we're like why are we here what's happening yeah it was really fun um and then um just I think having conversations with people and just sort of like when you know that idea when you're in flow and you like lose track of time or you like aren't on your phone or you you know all these things that we're so distracted by just being really immersed in conversations um like that's been I think the most rewarding and and memorable thing and that's always like I learned I learned so much every time I speak with a performer because I'm just like wow this this person works so hard and has a deep deep self-awareness and so I learned so much during those moments one of my absolute favorite things about Fit for Broadway is your ability to kind of spark these honest conversations about mm. what it takes and, you know, the well-being side, the mental health side, all of that. So is it 
you know, do conversations come easy to you? Do you feel like you're a storyteller by nature? I'm an empath. That's definitely my superpower. And so I think that people feel safe telling their story and then working with them and like co-creating their their story that then goes out into the world. What are some of the learnings about this industry that you've kind of picked up through doing these interviews and mm-hmm. doing Fit for Broadway? Um, I mean, the biggest learning is that this this work is incredibly hard. And I think people just think that, oh, these people are really talented and they can sing and dance and, and that's what they do. And it's just so much work goes in behind the scenes of what of then these people getting on stage and singing and dancing. And, and that's really what Fit for Broadway has been about is highlighting those 21 hours off stage, which is, you know, everything from therapy to acupuncture to... Um, you know, self-care to waking up at 6 a.m. and going to a soul cycle class so that you can keep up your stamina for your show. Um, all these things that go into it. And it's just like, my goodness, like no other industry requires that much from a human. And um, and so I think that that's the, been the biggest thing is I think people just think, oh, they're so talented. Like they can sing and dance. And it's like, no, no, these people are not only athletes, but they're like charismatic. You know, they have to interact with their fans and audiences in a way that's like really meaningful and, and requires a lot of energy. Actually, going back to your answer just now, you mm-hmm. said, they have to performers have to interact with audiences and all that and in a similar fashion you have to interact with people mm-hmm. over social media and mm-hmm. through your blog so I recall because I listened to your interview with Matt and mm. social media was something that you said you didn't enjoy doing that much yeah so can you just elaborate on that and why is it that way yeah I um I honestly is probably the least my least favorite part of what I do I just I don't enjoy it I really just feel like it's and you know it is something right now there's two sides right so it's the side that it's really really amazing that we get to be connected to people and people use it for inspiration and people um use it to connect with someone they might not be able to connect with um but on the other hand it's just like robbing people of a an a real life experience and it's really hindering our ability to I think show up and and access that vulnerability like you mentioned. I think that that's why we're seeing a lot of the younger generation like spikes in depression and anxiety and stress and all these things that I just I we our generation at least has a reference point for what life was like before <laughs> this. Yeah. Um and they just don't. Um and so I think it's just they're they're in this weird matrix like crazy situation that just Um, feels totally overwhelming and they don't know how to navigate it and it ends up leaving them really um yeah just not feeling well um and so I I it's hard because that's of course like the way in which everyone you know it's half the time when I ask people oh how did you find out about fit for Broadway they're like oh the Instagram or also I'll have people be like your Instagram page is amazing I love fit for Broadway and they think that that is the only thing that Fit for Broadway is is an Instagram page. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, why do I spend some time <laughs> on anything outside of that? Because that's all that people think it is. But, I, yeah, I realize that it's how we're reaching people right now. Um, 
And I think even, even storytelling, it's like you have to be really clear about if you're telling a story about someone, it has to be new. It needs to, it needs to provide new information. Um, don't just regurgitate information that's already out there. Um, try and find something really unique in a space that is not being tapped. And, and I think that's why Fit for Broadway worked initially. It's like such a niche sort of combination yeah. of, of these topics. Um, but yeah, so I try and be intentional about not creating content just for the sake of content. So it's about saying like, let's get creative. Like, how can we be more creative about how we're sharing things? And maybe it's still in a digital space, um, you know, because thankfully that that helps reach the masses. But maybe it's not saying like, oh, I have to succumb to like using Instagram to market my podcast or market my whatever. It's like maybe maybe I can market this event in a totally new, different way that would be really cool. Or maybe I can um, share this podcast in a way that's like different and, yeah. and unique. Again, it takes time and it takes mm-hmm. creativity. So mm-hmm. is there anything special you do to get into a creative mindset? I was having that conversation with my boyfriend yesterday because we're here in London and it's like I really feel um, fueled creatively or even just I feel more focused when I am in a new setting. And so changing up my direct surroundings really helps Um, because a lot of what I do is just being on a computer all day. And at the end of the day, I just feel like a troll. Like, (laughs) and so um, I'm really inspired by music. A lot of times I'll have like a song and if I'm like really in a creative flow, I'll just play a song on loop. And like, for whatever reason, that really helps my brain just like go through a project or an idea or something. Strangely, like listening to podcasts sometimes like helps me just like sparks different ideas. And again, like outside of my interests in my industry. And and I think that that's huge for creativity is like not just um, living inside your bubble and, and trying to gain inspiration from the same well. It's like you need to kind of be branching not kind of you need to be branching out and like exposing yourself to new things and new experiences or um like taking a day to just play and have fun and and like actually unplugging and and then you go back to your work and suddenly like it clicks so how do you deal with creativity blocks Ooh, acknowledging them and just i mean i think it's the same thing with when you're feeling a negative emotion like i would equate having a creative block with like being in a and an emotion that you're sort of just like, why do I feel sad? Or why do I feel depressed? And why do I feel blocked? And it's like acknowledging that you're feeling that. Um, love the idea. My partner and I like love the idea of like name it to tame it. So um, like <laughs> expressing what you're feeling, figuring out like where you're feeling it, even in your body, um, and then just letting it process. I think so often we're like, thinking that there's some magic thing that you can do to get past a creative block or to um, overcome some negative emotion or, or something. And it's like, sometimes you just have to feel it and like allow yourself the space to let it like sift through you. And then, and then all of a sudden the next day you're feeling amazing. What are some of the things that you plan on or are going to do this year that you haven't before? Well, the last two years, really, I've been building a curriculum for an at the undergraduate level to teach this quote-unquote fit for Broadway wellness philosophy. And the idea really came from um, understanding that a lot of performers, uh, their lifestyle habits and wellness practices were 
they self-navigated those once they got to New York and it was really came from trial and error and and a lot of it came from a reactive approach versus a proactive approach a lot of these performers didn't have uh, a curriculum around performance lifestyle in their university and universities are just not putting a lot of effort into helping students navigate that and again it's like it's sort of there's like the gym there's the counseling center you know but those are all things that are um again interest-based it's like you know you go to the gym if you like going to the gym it's not really something that's taught or encouraged um and so i think i really like that's what pulls on my heartstrings the most is like understanding the rate in which the increase in you know stress and depression and anxiety and suicide and eating disorders like everything (laughs) all the bad things um and and seeing that these students like really don't know how to quite navigate it um and that these these resources and tools are really accessible um it's just about i think reframing the way in which we as a society um frame wellness it's like it's not this elite interest-based space wellness is for everyone yeah that's been definitely like some lofty goals there risks and just like um putting a lot of time and energy into that and and still you know still navigating whether you know colleges are interested um and having big conversations with educators um about you know their motivations and their efforts and then meeting them in the middle amazing i think just listening to you talk about it you're so passionate and Mm. you're so committed to it and it's yeah i think that that it's nice because i feel like in the last this really has only been in the last six months that it's really really like the roots have sunk deep um and i think it's it's really great because i feel like the last five years have just been research for this and this feels like fit for broadway you know the last five years has been beautiful and evolved and and been this calling that i felt for sure um but this feels like why i'm on earth and and like that feels really great it's like i you know knowing that that is leading me and leading the my daily actions um and that i have a higher purpose um feels really great and yeah this is like at the end of the day this is what i care about and this is like where i'm devoting all my energy and time and effort for the next year um and then interested to see where that leads it's so wonderful that you've found your calling like this thanks what would you let's say would you have a piece of advice for someone perhaps who who has a bubbling idea within Mm -hmm. themselves, they don't quite know what it is, but they feel like Mm -hmm. doing something. Like, is there a way that how you you did it, how you define what a calling is? If, you know, you get chills about an idea or if you're like, if if suddenly like a door swings open, you know, opportunity presents itself, like, I think listening to those things is really valuable um, and will lead you usually to where you need to go. You know, now actually being able to tap into that takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of um, 
I think tapping into these simple things of like, you know, how do you feel in your body? How do you feel in your mind? Um, like, are your emotions stable? Um, you know, are you connecting deeply with the people around you in a meaningful way? Um, and then all those things kind of create a synergy for you being able to be led by intuition. Um, and so I think that I would say if someone had an idea, um, you know, let, let your intuition lead you. And if you feel really called to it, let it be play in the beginning, you know, like how this work started was, uh, there was a, a school in New York that offered me a, um, like two hours in their weekly curriculum and, you know, said, teach a fitness class and a mindfulness class. <laughs> and I was like, great. Okay. And I just tried a bunch of things with these students and it, I had no intention of building a curriculum or like thinking that my life's calling would be, um, teaching this work at an undergraduate level or helping facilitate these conversations about, um, this work in performing arts programs. Um, but like in the beginning I was just playing, like I was just sampling things with these kids and seeing what worked. And then, and then it became more and more clear. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. And it's like, um, I think you have to constantly be rerouting, like be open to the fact that maybe your initial plan wasn't. And it's like, uh, you know, it's the thing of like last year, I thought, oh, I'll have a space and like thought that that's what I wanted. And, um, you know, if I hadn't allowed myself to be flexible with that goal or you know and you can be led by something and still have a north star but it's like get to the root of what that thing is not not the idea and concept actually this is something you kind of mentioned so what are some of the things that you have to have in your schedule each day or do each day to feel like your own most authentic self yeah so there's i think there's like a few things that get me to a baseline one is like one is definitely moving my body um, another is many different practices of mindfulness. Um, it can be anything from meditation to journaling to um, breath work um, and then deep connection. And those three pillars really get me to my baseline. And then anything above that is just like bonus. And lastly, if you could share one message or piece of advice directly with whoever is listening to us right now at this moment, mm. what would you say? you have no idea how good you can feel in your body and in your mind and in your heart, which is your emotions and your connection to other people. I think that a lot of people live in this sort of fog and veiled, veiled experience. Um, and I think that tapping into some of these things seems silly or seems, you know, like a lot of added work. Um, but it's like, that's the fullness of life. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that a lot of people don't know how good they can feel. Um, and so like, if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling discouraged or if you're feeling lost or, or like you don't feel like you have purpose or all of these things, it's like build a practice of taking care of your body, your mind and your heart in a real way. Um, and you will see amazing results that will reveal more about why you are on this earth. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that, Jay. Yeah. Um, we've gone on to random section, which is at the very end. Okay. You know, it's a series of questions that, right. as I mentioned, have nothing to do with anything, but it's just a nice way to end Love it, yeah. Okay, so what are you grateful for today? I'm actually really grateful for this conversation mm -hmm. because I um, have been 
really desiring to be able to have opportunities to articulate, especially what I'm doing with the workshops. And I haven't had a lot of opportunity to articulate it. And so, I mean, I literally thought, oh, this is going to be so beautiful. And your energy is so calm and nice. And so I just, it's the comfort of like being able to express from a really, um, authentic space today i'm super grateful for one guilty pleasure that you cannot give up beverages my boyfriend makes so much fun of me but i like guilty pleasures i love beverages like matcha coffee juice um you name it like every coconut water like every damn i'm having like five beverages a day podcast recommendation Ooh, making sense sam harris's podcast i really love that i love um Monocle puts out a podcast called The Entrepreneurs that I really love. There's a podcast called Millennials Don't Suck that's really fun. Okay, this one I'm really excited to hear your, um, your yeah. take on. Book recommendation. It's called How to See. It's by an art critic. And um, I just, I mean, that book really, I just loved so much. Um, the uh, Art of Gathering by Priya Parker really good for anyone who's building community she just has a lot of interesting ideas about building community and the way in which you build i think you'd find it really interesting um because it's about you know like you can't you can't please everyone and you need to make sure that you're gathering which could be in a digital space or it could be in an actual room or at a dinner party or whatever it is um needs to have uh goals and you know she has all these different guidelines and everything so that's a really good one i would say Awesome. Next one I'm very excited to talk yes. about. Recipe recommendation. Ooh. Um, I will give my, since I lo- I mentioned that I love beverages, so my favorite recipe ever is for um, this concoction that I call cloud coffee. Okay. Um, and it has, uh, so you do, either you can do espresso or coffee. Um, you do like roughly a dozen cashews. They don't have to be soaked actually. So um, cashews are the only nuts that you can make um, nut milk out of without draining it. Um, so all the other nuts you have to you have to drain it to yeah. get out the meat of the nut. Cashews blend down into nothing. And so um, it's like roughly a dozen cashews, some honey, cinnamon, water if you're just doing espresso. If not, you can just do the coffee um, and like MTC oil. Um, and blending that, it is, that's my morning every day, and it's the yes. best thing ever. It's just like a coffee milkshake. Best way to earn someone's respect? Ooh, um, presence. And that's really big for me, too. Um, like, I think that there's nothing worse than sitting with somebody and them checking their phone. Or, like, I get deeply offended when people do that. Like, if we're sitting there and trying to have a conversation and they're checking their phone or like even having the phone on the table yeah. and it being face up and it lighting up it just takes everyone's attention and you can literally track them like yeah having a look well, they look and then they're like should i respond should i not and you're just like okay we're done here and especially when they say yep yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know just looking like oh so that yeah. um i mean that's like kind of a silly one i guess for like a deep respect um but that's like one <laughs> it's like presence yeah. I, so I guess the bigger theme would be presence. Like I think yeah. that, um, like respecting someone is, is being present with them fully. City or countryside? Oh, a balance, fifty-fifty. So final question: Yay. If you had to give one piece of advice to younger Jane, what would it be? Ooh, enjoy the journey. 
um, for sure. You never get to a destination. And then when you do, it's like Andre DeShields, just his Tony speech. I mean, yeah. the last piece of it is, you know, you're just, when you climb one mountain, you get to the bottom of the next mountain. And so I think that just knowing that it's a constant journey and like, you know, thankfully I've found my life partner and that's really beautiful, but it's like, we, we still have to grow. And it's like, it's not like it's some finish line where we're like, you know, now fine. It's like, we work every day at our relationship and I work every day at sinking deeper into my passion. And I work every day at like being, you know, surrounding myself by people that I'll be inspired by. And so just enjoying the journey and knowing that like, like that whole kind of living in discomfort thing of just like, it's okay. It's like, it's all going to be okay. And like, that's part of it is like having ups and downs and it's all the, the whole entire picture of what happens. Awesome. Well, on that note, thank you so much. Jenny. Thank you for having me.